0: She saw him leave that morning, but he didn't come back that afternoon. He didn't show up that night. Nobody heard from him. The teen's body was found in a rolled up gym mat in a high school in 2013. His death rolled accidental.
1: Say my name and remember what you've done. Your hurricane has blackened out the sun. You
0: can't continue to kill unarmed black people and get away with it.
1: But if Kendrick did die of an accident, how with all that distrust, how could you even ever show that? But then on the flip side is they didn't treat it like it, it could have been a homicide. Lowndes County Sheriff Ashley Park announced officials were reopening the investigation.
0: Only angle is to find justice for my son.
1: You are currently listening to Ashes Dash TV, Season 3, The Investigation of Kendrick Johnson, Episode 16, Abolitionist. We spoke with Lydia, KJ's aunt.
0: Everybody that was in that gym knows that that was not an accident. They know it wasn't an accident. They were scrambling, trying to hide and cover up for them boys and cover and have their daddies back because that's what they do.
1: One of the things that attracted me to this case early on was how hard the Johnsons were fighting to get justice for their son, KJ. I love to see when a family believes that the results of a case are not accurate, that they're fighting also, and then it helps a lot for me to come fight alongside of them. My hope was to really dig into this investigation and help the family get the answers that they so desperately were asking for. Time and time again, however, after speaking with people who were actually there, people who knew KJ, or those who were actually involved in the investigation, I find more and more evidence and information that leads me to believe that the Bells were not involved in what happened to KJ. Furthermore, when you actually look into why people believe that the Bell brothers were involved, you can quickly see when we speak to the people who are actually there, that the media has definitely twisted the truth. Please understand that this is an investigative series. So when I start any of these series, I don't know where they're going to end up because I'm actually investigating in real time. You guys almost get to see the interviews and evidence about the same time I'm getting to those points. So please understand this is an ongoing series. There's a lot more to come but you have to be a little bit patient because I'm in the middle of it still. So as I know the information, I will release it to the public. We have been uncovering a lot and one thing I really like to stay true to in this series is showing how we get to the conclusions we do. So I promise you that we will show all of our work so that you can make up your mind for yourself. From speaking to KJ's family, I had really gotten the impression that they believed that the Bell brothers were involved in KJ's death. One reason I've been given quite often as what would have been a motive for Brian killing KJ is a fight that happened on the bus. Obviously in the last couple episodes we've gone over this and I just do not believe that that fight, a year and three months before KJ ends up dead, was actually a simmering feud how the media has made it out to be. And that's from actually talking to people who were there. The second motive that has been cited quite often is that KJ was potentially in a relationship or in a flirtation with a woman named Taylor who also had a crush on Brian Bell at the same time. So a motive for jealousy has been brought up as a possible motive also. And this obviously would make for a strong motive if it was true. So I really wanted to see how factual this rumor might've been. So for those of you who are unfamiliar with some of the people who we speak about in regards to this case, Taylor is a young woman who went to school with KJ. She also, around the time of KJ's death, had a crush on Brian Bell. And it sounds like at some point after that, so early 2013, they really started dating exclusively Taylor and Brian. And even to this day, they're still together and engaged.
2: WJCL News, working for you.
1: New developments in the Kendrick Johnson death investigation. We have uncovered an email whose sender claims to know who killed Johnson. Well, Larry Sproul has been pouring through documents that we requested from the sheriff's office. We turn out to Larry for the very latest. Larry, what have you learned? And tonight, I have been looking through these 22 pages that we requested that could possibly answer the question, what happened to Kendrick Johnson? WJCL learned deputies in Lowndes County received an anonymous email We asked for that
0: correspondent, which was granted to WJCL. Because those mentioned in the email are minors, their names have been changed to Jane and Joe.
1: I'm sure it is probably obvious to anyone who's been following this case, but obviously Joe is actually Brian and Jane is actually Taylor. So we'll show the unredacted copy as we continue with this report. Here's what the email says, quote, My best friend was at a party Saturday night with Taylor Eakin, a Lowndes high school junior who dates Brian Bell. And Taylor was upset about something that Brian had said to her. So her and my best friend started talking. And by the end of the night, Taylor had told my friend everything that the whole nation had been wondering for the past year. She told my friend what really happened to Kendrick Johnson. Taylor said that about a little over a year ago, she had sexual intercourse with Kendrick Johnson while she was dating Brian Bell. Brian found out and threatened KJ. KJ told Brian to meet him in the old gym after the third block and he would have his knife ready. Brian Bell and Ryan Hall, who had just transferred back to LHS, met KJ and killed him. Brian Bell has also been heard admitting to killing KJ more than once over the phone. His brother, Brandon Bell, also got drunk at a party on the 4th of July and told many people that Brian killed KJ and that he, Brandon, was tired of keeping it a secret. I had been seeing posts from a woman named Hannah on some of the Facebook page, and she seemed to claim to know Taylor and then to even further that said that they were best friends for the years surrounding when KJ died. I reached out to her to see if she'd be interested in letting me know her thoughts on this. Here's the start of a post I read of hers online. Hi guys, my name is Hannah Harmon originally, and I went to Lowndes High School class of 2015. Kendrick was in many of my classes and he was a friend of mine in high school. We met freshman year on the bus through another friend of mine who introduced us. I know there are probably many of Justice for KJ Pages, but I'm honored to be part of this one. I'm so encouraged and excited to see so many people discovering Kendrick's case and becoming passionate for justice for his family. I was asked and felt prompted to post on this page to share my small story. Though I was good friends with Kendrick freshman and sophomore year, I have also known T and her family for longer. T and I went to the same elementary and middle school and were best friends for a few years between eighth grade and tenth grade. Obviously, I'm sure this goes without saying, but when she's referring to T, she's actually talking about Taylor. I reached out to Hannah via email saying, hello Hannah, my name is Ash Patino and I'm an investigator producer working on the Kendrick Johnson case. I was hoping to speak with you. Do you have time to chat this week? Thank you. While I was waiting for Hannah to possibly respond, I went back to the interview I had done with Kenyetta, KJ's sister, to see what she had to say on the possibilities of Taylor and KJ being involved in any sort of relationship. Did he have a lot of friends? Was he pretty social or did he kind of keep to himself a little bit? Nah, he was pretty
0: social. He was popular in school, so yeah, everybody liked him,
1: yeah. So when you guys were in school together, were you two years ahead of him in school then? So if he was a sophomore, you were a senior or, mm-hmm. okay. Did you guys often interact at school or did you not really see him? I know it's a big high school, so.
0: No, I seen him all the time, like we'll meet, um, with each other
1: between classes and stuff like that, so, yeah. And plus, we rode to school together. I drove. Did you know a lot of KJ's friends, or were you kind of too far ahead of him in school to really know them?
0: No, I knew most of
1: them. Okay. Do you know, was he at any point ever friends with Brian Bell or Brandon? I've never heard him
0: say, like, that was his friend or anything. I remember when they was fighting. That's all I really remember. I never heard him say that like, they was friends or anything like that.
1: In the one of the police reports, Brian and Brandon's mom said that Kendrick had been over to the house. I
0: couldn't believe they said that because my parents didn't even let us spend the night off like that. So
1: okay, it's just like, nah. So you don't think that he was ever even at their house? <sighs> Never. Did you ever know of KJ to have any girlfriends around the time? He didn't have a girlfriend at all. OK, so in in your whole time growing up with him, you never even knew of him to have a girlfriend? Nope. OK. And I know one of the witnesses had said that they felt like this was caused because KJ and Taylor Eakin are potentially having sex or something along those lines, fooling around. That's what they say, but I don't really believe that either. OK. It didn't seem, that doesn't fit with who KJ was in your mind. I
0: mean, he had a lot of friends, though, all races. So, I mean,
1: but I still don't believe that. At that age, most people know about relationships. It's not Mm -hmm. like he was married hiding it. So, Mm -hmm. like, wouldn't you have known? I mean, I feel like someone would have known. It doesn't seem, that seems like a weird thing to do in high school, to hide. And I used
0: to sneak and have, go through his phone. So, I would have seen it.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. (laughs) Back at the studio, I prepare to make a call. Hello, is Hannah there? Oh yes, this is see, she. Sorry, I, my, my car was like connecting to my Bluetooth and then it was like, I couldn't
2: hear anything. Anyway, I can
1: hear you now. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I figured something happened. It seemed with today's I'm technology, sorry. it's always something, right? <laughs> I know,
2: especially cars. They're, yeah, anyway, so I'm sorry about that.
1: Oh yeah, no problem. I, thanks for uh, letting me contact you here so, uh, to talk about some of the stuff. I really appreciate that absolutely i mean you kind of saw the work that we do and basically we kind of look into a case and we look into like all sides of it i had read some posts that you had put on facebook and then some sources also had just kind of said hey maybe you should reach out to hannah so that's how we ended up getting to you here but we're just looking for People's perspectives around that time. Obviously, you seem to have a unique perspective because it sounds like you were friends with Taylor Eakin. And obviously, we usually like to actually interview people on camera. Is that something that you're interested in? Or you want to hear more about what we're doing? Or you would want to do this totally anonymously? Lydia
0: tells me. I've heard people say to me, why won't y'all let this go? In person, why won't y'all just let this go and let let the boy rest in peace? First of all, the boy's name is Kendrick Johnson, and his name won't die along with him. And if it was your child, how would you handle the situation? Would you sit there and take shit on a platter that they give you and say, oh, he just crawled in the mat, fell, and just said, uh uh. Absolutely not. And I don't believe it. I didn't believe it then, and I don't believe it now. So why won't we let it go? Because we know deep down in our hearts somewhere something happened, and you do too. But you're a bandwagoner, and you're a troll, and you're trying to check me right here. And I'm not gonna get out of character with you, but I will say this right here, we are still standing for Justice for Johnson. That's my response. Now, I'm not gonna say they're gonna always get that same response, I'm not gonna say that. We can't just sit back and let it go. We can't just keep letting them feed us lies, and Ashley Park should have just he should have just let it go, versus coming out with all this.
2: My name is Hannah Harmon. I was class of 2015. I graduated Lowentz High School in the same class as Kendrick. And yeah, I don't live
1: there anymore, but <laughs> so, yeah. <Honestly>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chicago. What was your friendship like with Kendrick? Would you say you were good friends? What did that look like? We were not
2: super close. I met Kendrick through our mutual friend, Solomon, who I think They are really, I mean, they were really good friends. They called each other cousins. I don't don't know if they're actually related, but Solomon and I rode the same bus uh, home and we were were good friends. We had a lot of classes together. And that's how I met Kendrick. But Kendrick and I did have one class together our freshman year. So I wouldn't say we were super close. I, I knew Solomon a lot better and some of the other guys in their friend group, but I did know Kendrick and we did hang out a few times.
1: Had you ever seen Kendrick in a relationship? I mean, I know you're not really close with him, so you might mm-hmm. have known the inner workings, but had had you ever seen him even dating anyone at the school? No,
2: not at all. No, I mean, not at all. I, I remember myself and another friend and Solomon and Kendrick went to a theme park called Wild Adventures. I don't know if you've been there. No, it's okay. <laughs> It's not that great, but in back in the day, that's where in high school, we, a bunch of people would go to hang out. It's funny because a lot of the guys that would come with like our friend group as girls would go and then a guys friend group would go. A lot of the guys there were trying to hang out with girls and Kendrick was never like he would go to hang out, but he, it didn't ever seem like he was there to hang out with girls like the other guys were. So no, I never, I would never say that I saw him with a girl before.
1: Yeah. That's it's interesting. You said, it, cause it's, I feel like how Kenyatta describes him as it didn't seem like he had hit that- that point yet yeah, where sure. he was super interested in girls or where that be- became his priority. Kendrick
2: wasn't super outgoing from what I remember. He was very, I don't want to say soft-spoken, but when he spoke, he like was really intentional about what he said. He was really kind. I mean, he was very, he was definitely more like soft-spoken than a lot of the other guys. Mm-hmm. But when he spoke, it was like very intentional and he was also funny like when he when he did speak up he was super funny i would say that he was different than a lot of his friends
1: was there anyone else at the school that their name is brought sure. up that you knew at the school
2: yeah i knew taylor really well we actually went to the same preschool elementary school middle school and high school <laughs> so i grew up with taylor and her family we lived really close to her family growing up. And so of course we knew each other all of those years as most friendships do. We weren't best friends the whole time, right? But we did get really close come eighth grade year and our first year at Lowndes, freshman year. So I would say she was my best friend, especially freshman year and part of sophomore year up until really up until KJ died that we kind of lost touch after that.
1: Did you feel like it was because of the incident or you think it was just headed that way and it just continued that way?
2: I would say it was a little bit of both. We were going in different directions. I actually introduced her to some other girls that we were friends with. Their friendships kind of took off and we going this way. And she was involved with different activities as well and, and different friend groups. So it was kind of heading that way. I made another friend who I was starting to kind of hang out with a little bit more. And so we were kind of heading in that direction. Did you
1: ever think that there was anything going on between Taylor and KJ?
2: No way, not not even a little bit, no. Taylor, from what I remember uh, and in, in my opinion was you know, she really liked Brian a lot. I remember Taylor dated someone else before Brian, and I remember that not lasting very long, really short. And then as soon as they kind of the first guy kind of faded off, I remember going to football games and Taylor, you know, paying a lot of attention to Brian. From what I remember, they had a rocky start. I know Brian was kind of here and there a little bit. Um, Normal high school stuff. Sure, for sure. So I remember there being like, they were a little bit on and off, but I'm not even sure Taylor knew who KJ was, if I'm being honest. I remember that Brian and KJ had a disagreement on on a bus after a football game. Taylor may have heard about that from Brian. I wouldn't be surprised if he never told her that. To Brian, it may have been, you know, not a big deal. Or But as far as KJ and Taylor, and Taylor, from defi- definitely from what I remember, she was not only super interested in Brian, but had a very she was very picky. She was always she always prided herself because a lot of guys liked her. She's beautiful. She's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, she's beautiful. <laughs> so I remember like she was very picky, and Brian was, was very much, you know, her type. So I've heard a lot about Taylor and KJ being best friends with her those two years and part of sophomore year. There's no way in hell they were in a relationship, in, in my opinion. And from what I remember, never. I never heard Taylor talk about KJ. Again, I don't even know if she knew who KJ was, so. From what I remember of KJ, I don't think Taylor would have been the kind of girl that he would have been interested in either. So when I heard that, similarly, I was like, there's no way that's yeah, that's, that's not,
1: no. Well, and that, I think all of us just have certain preferences. Like we like someone skinny or someone who's thicker, sure. or, you know, see a certain <laughs> color of skin or whatever. Sure. It's just because that's what we, you know, yeah. like, you know, yeah. we all have those preferences.
2: And the lounge is very much like you kind of stay within your circle, you know, your
1: friend group, and they were part of different circles. So... As far as louns, it's or well, Valdosta lounge, whatever. But growing up, did you feel, did you see racism happening, or what? And if so, what was your experience of that? I think South Georgia in general is
2: such a heavy place to be because of the racism. When I every time I go home, whether that's Valdosta or Dasher, wherever it is, um, lounge, it kind of blows my mind every time I go home that it's still happening, that it's still normal you know and every time I go home it's it's hard to feel at home because it's such a I don't know if someone has already said this in your documentary but southern hospitality is not a thing (laughs) like it is not a thing and so it's hard to feel at home in a place that is so hateful and yes to answer your question yes I would say Valdosta is extremely racist and even the, the high school culture, w- from when I was there six years ago, you know, it was extremely racist and it was really divided. I would say that the black community is validly skeptical of, of the intentions of white people. And it's because of the history in Valdosta and I would feel the same way, you know? And so I would say, yes, it, it is. And I would say as well that after KJ died, it became another excuse for the town to be divided. And I think I've seen a culture of white community say, whether they've researched the facts or not, they like to say just because it involves race, immediately they believe it was an accident without even looking like the white community just, I just, I know so many people who, because it involves like a young black man, immediately it was an accident, like without even looking. So that's even just a manifestation of the, deeply rooted racism in the way people think. And I would say that I do not miss,
1: <laughs> don't miss I don't miss it. Well, yeah, that it is interesting. It's those bias that people have. I don't even know if people realize that they have them. And I'm yeah. like, you do realize your two statements, when one had to do with the black person one had to do with the white, your outcome's different. It's crazy how those are ingrained and, and some people don't even consider themselves racist, even though they, they very much are. What I find really interesting about Hannah's statements is that when you line up what she says with what Kenyatta says about the possibility of Taylor and KJ being involved in any sort of relationship, they both seem to say, no way. And it doesn't even seem possible to either of them whatsoever. So now we have two people who knew KJ very differently. One is a sibling and one is a friend. And neither seem to buy into the idea of Taylor and KJ being in any sort of relationship. I really wonder how this rumor even got started in the first place. Were people just grasping at straws for a motive? Or is there something else in play here? It's kind of wild, really, every step of this case. Each time a new piece of information or evidence comes forward from any sort of media source, I think to myself, oh, I really need to look into that. That sounds very credible. And then once I actually start digging into it, I find out really quickly that the journalists' statements aren't actually based in reality when you line it up with the evidence. Hannah mentions that some of the Caucasian community members in Valdosta will just say accident without actually looking deeply into the evidence. But on the flip side of that, I have people message me daily, make cruel videos about our investigation, insult me personally, dox my information. The same people who are doing all this, however, I can tell they're not actually watching the show because they make claims that are 100% inaccurate when they refer to the show. They couldn't possibly be watching the show because the way they are insulting me is kind of odd because in some of the cases I'm actually on the same page with them, I actually agree with them, so they must have just watched the trailer or the opening and then made assumptions about my show, which are just not accurate. In this case, truly more than any other case I've ever worked in, people just want to believe what they believe. They will literally double down when you show them evidence to the contrary of what their belief is. And they will also make claims like, I've investigated this case. And what does that mean? They watched media sources that fed them the information and then they just believed it? Or does that mean they've actually been talking to the people who were there? In my estimation, a lot of the people who say that they've investigated this haven't actually talked to any of the investigators Friends of KG are the people who are actually involved. They've sat behind their computer screens and watched media sources and read things on Facebook and then have made up their mind through those sources. Which is really a dangerous way to investigate something because really you're just standing on the shoulders of somebody else who put up something instead of actually talking to the people who might have been involved. And I think the truth really starts to formulate when you actually start to talk to the people who are involved instead of just listening to media sources. The only two motives I've really heard here in regards to why Brian would have killed KJ are the fight on the bus a year and three months earlier or the fact that KJ and Taylor may have been involved in this alleged relationship. In this case, I think we can clearly see that the bus fight happened, but I just don't believe it's the simmering feud that the media made it out to be. And that's speaking to the people who were actually there that day. And now we have this mysterious relationship between KJ and Taylor that no one who is actually friends with either of them believes was actually occurring. So where is the real motive here? You stack this on top of the fact that there's even surveillance footage that the film Finding Kendrick Johnson puts up that clearly shows that Brian was nowhere near KJ when KJ is last seen on surveillance tape. Please, just take race out of this for a minute. Pretend for a moment that Brian was your child. Not only does he have an airtight alibi, but there's also surveillance footage that backs up his alibi. Plus there is no real motive that actually holds water here. So how would you react now if the community started saying your child was a murderer, if they started a campaign to get the scholarship that your son had earned taken away and successfully did it? Death threats, your home being raided by the Department of Justice, and having to still deal with this nine years later. How would you react if you were their parent? I wanna be 100% clear and transparent here. I have never met the family and to my knowledge, I have never spoken to anyone within the Bell family. This is absolutely not for lack of trying, however. I have tried multiple ways to reach out to them and to make contact to see if they'd be interested in being part of the series. I even send emails to a person within their group on a weekly basis to politely ask if they'll be part of this series but I have never once gotten a response. I came into this because I deeply cared about what happened to KJ and finding the truth. But what i found is there are two other victims in this case and that is the bell brothers and instead of people stopping and taking an honest look at the evidence they doubled down on the fact that they think they're guilty and they dismiss the fact that there is very very strong evidence that conclusively shows that the bell brothers could not have been involved in what happened to kj these same people refuse and i mean literally flat out refuse to look at the evidence and explain to me why it's not accurate If you are watching my series and you want to sit here and tell me that the Bells are guilty, I'm more than happy to listen to you, but you first have to answer the following questions for me. One, how is it possible that Brian Bell killed KJ when he's in an entirely different part of the school, captured on surveillance tape during the last minutes of KJ ever being seen? Two, why is Brian shown as being present in class when he's supposedly killing KJ during that block? What do you think Brian's motive was? If you think it was because KJ and Taylor were in some sort of secret relationship, what evidence do you have to back that up? Why do you also then think Brandon, Brian's brother, was involved when he is on a bus to Macon, Georgia at the time to go to a wrestling tournament? If Brandon Bell was involved, please explain to me why the log shows that the bus left closer to 12.30 and KJ is seen on surveillance tape at 1.26 PM, almost an hour after Brandon would have left for the wrestling tournament. You'll also need to explain to me why Brandon's alibi is not accurate for being at the wrestling tournament. There are cell tower pings, hotel check-ins, wrestling weigh-in, and grand jury testimony from multiple witnesses who confirmed that Brandon was on the bus and at the wrestling tournament. Are you trying to tell me that this is all a lie? Sorry, I just don't buy it. I'm not at a point in this investigation yet where I can say 100% that KJ was murdered or it was an accident. I actually don't know that for sure yet and we're still doing some tests to decide what the plausibility of that would actually be. But one thing I do feel confident in saying is that the Bells are not involved in this. I do believe they're alibis and I think they align with all the evidence. I am embarrassed for all the journalists who just got their information from all the other media sources and never actually investigated this case themselves. Shame on you for throwing other children at the time under the bus with this salacious narrative and not actually doing any fact checking. And most of all to you, Jason Pollock, the director of Finding Kendrick Johnson, you were the one journalist I had a lot of respect for who was reviewing this case and I really thought you were going to do your research but instead you got on board with the salacious narrative. In your own graphic that you put up, you show Brian and KJ in the hall earlier together that day, which really proves nothing, but they went to school together. And in that same graphic, there is a clear surveillance clip that shows that Brian and KJ were nowhere near each other when KJ is last seen on surveillance tape. You conveniently forgot to mention this, and instead you focus on a clip of the two of them in the hall together hours before Kendrick is last seen on surveillance tape. Shame on you. You're the one who actually put up the footage that exonerates Brian Bell, and you're the one who chose to ignore it. You call yourself an abolitionist, Jason Pollock, but what about being fair to all humans, no matter what race they are? Just because the Bell brothers are white males doesn't automatically make them guilty of a crime of murder especially when there is sufficient evidence to show that there is no way they were involved. I'm pretty sure my findings are going to scare away the last three people actually watching this series, the Kendrick Johnson investigation. But you know what? I'm okay with that because I'm only ever going to go where the evidence leads me and I'm going to stand by evidence that can be backed up. And if I feel that that's the truth, I'm going to stand next to it, show my work, and let you guys decide for yourself. Ashes to Ash is created by Ash Patino, associate producer KG Giordano, crew Nick Goncalves, title music Bones by Eight Graves, web design for Ashes to Ash TV was done by Second Melody, secondmelody.com, subscribe on the website for commercial free content, early access to episodes, uncut interviews, and discounted merchandise, ashes-tv.com, A-S-H-E-S, to Ash TV.com. T-O-A-S-H-T-V Please follow me on Facebook at Ashes-TrueCrime, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter at Ashes-TV. If you have a tip or information, please email me at ashland57 at gmail.com, A-S-H-L-A-N-D 57 at gmail.com. We can keep you anonymous. If you know of any illegal activity regarding this case, please contact your local law enforcement.